up, guys? Welcome into the Up and Under podcast. I'm your host, Hani. Join with me, as always, it's Isha. Yo. All right, man. As promised, if you haven't already done so, check out last week's episode where we broke down our Western Conference All-Star picks. And to be honest with you, in comparison with what we're going to be talking about in this episode, the West was relatively straightforward. Like, yeah. There wasn't much back and forth. But as promised, in this episode, we're bringing you guys our Eastern Conference All-Star picks. And, man, from previous years, man, the East is just... They've gotten a lot more talent. It's a lot more stacked, a lot more competitive, and that hold held true in the All Star picks. The LeBron effect. Yeah, exactly. LeBron leaves the conference, and next thing you know, that conference is sta- the other conference is stacked. It's it is what it is, man. At this point, it sucks because our team is in the East, and now we have, like we we dealt with LeBron dominating that that conference, and now that LeBron is finally looking human, <laughs> you know, he's no longer in the East. And now the East is stacked. You know? I mean, we got one right there. We did. You we know? did get we one. We got one right there. But I mean, as we said last week, um, with the Western Conference episode, like, it's it's the Western Conference was relatively straightforward. The Eastern Conference, I think, there was a lot more debate, especially when we were, you know, considering some of the names that we're gonna talk about in this video. Um, but yeah, it was is the Eastern Conference is. I think there's gonna be some angry people in the Eastern Conference for sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, but just like just like what we did in the Western Conference episode, we know that the obviously the starters are going to be voted in by the fan by primarily the fan vote and combination of the media and the, I think the players as well. But the way we focus it, we like to give you guys all our positions based off who we feel deserves that spot. Whether or not they get that depends. Now we still feel that these players will all deserve All Star picks in our opinion. But just based on if they're going to be a starter or reserve, we feel those players that deserve the starting spot. That's where we're going to be putting them. But before we even do that, if you haven't already done so, subscribe to the show for more, so you don't miss any great content from us in the future. Obviously, last week's episode was the West All-Stars. This week is the East All-Stars. We will be getting into trade deadline stuff as well. So definitely subscribe on all the platforms. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and, and YouTube. So definitely subscribe so you don't miss another great episode from us. But starting us off with our Eastern Conference All-Star starters. Uh, in the typical format, two guards and three forwards. So the first guard spot, and this was kind of a funny one that when you know when we were looking this up, um, a lot of people forget that uh, Kyrie Irving uh, still plays and he still plays really well, um, and a lot of the, and Kyrie Irving is our first is our pick for the first guard spot. And the reason why I say it's funny is because a lot of play, a lot of blogs and a lot of places out there just seem to forget that Kyrie was an option, like. Uh. <laughs> I would say let's forget more like intentionally left off. Listen, we're not going to talk about that stuff, but what we will talk about is why Kyrie from a purely basketball standpoint definitely deserves I think an all-star starting now. Yeah, absolutely. And, just, and you just have to look at the numbers. I mean, he's averaging 26 points per game, nearly 5 rebounds, 5 assists, shooting 48% from the field, 36% from three, and the Brooklyn Nets have the second best record in the Eastern Conference. Uh they've been on a tear. Kyrie Irving has been fantastic he's been like this is the problem the fact that with Kyrie Irving been missing a ton of time over these last couple of years is the fact that the talent was was undeniable we all knew how good Kyrie Irving was it was just that whole off the court issues that just prevented him from seeing his greatness on the court but there's no denying this season he's played he's he's been healthy uh the Nets after the whole Steve Nash fiasco has really turned their season around and are looking like the juggernaut team that we all kind of expected them hey, to be. Hey, shout out Jacques Vaughn, man. He's done a hell of a job. Yeah, Jacques Vaughn's been done a, done a good job. He's done a lot of buy-in for some of the guys. And again, Kyrie Irving is a big part of why the Brooklyn Nets are so successful. So there's no doubt in my mind he deserves a starting spot. And again, maybe this conversation would have been different like a month ago. 
But over the past month, as Hani said, the Brooklyn Nets have been the best team in the league overall. Um, so, yeah, Kyrie Irving definitely deserves, I think, a starting nod in the Eastern Conference uh, All-Star team. His backcourt buddy, um, his backcourt partner, I think we are going to pick Donovan Mitchell. The guy who scored 70-plus points this season, 71 points to be exact. First player to do it since Devin Booker. Um, and what was impressive about Donovan Mitchell's game is that the Cavs needed every one of those points badly. Um, he's averaging 29 points a game, 4.8 assists, shooting 48% from the field, 40% from three. Um, and he's also complementing that with adding one and a half steals a game. Um, Donovan Mitchell, I think there was real questions about, you know, we saw the fit potentially on this Cavs team and what Donovan Mitchell could bring. But Donovan Mitchell coming onto this Cavs team has elevated his game to a completely different level. We're seeing him really hit his stride. Um, he's he's found great chemistry with his bigs and Jared Allen, uh, Evan Mobley. I think there is some sort of you know chemistry issues that he's got to develop further with Darius Garland. But I mean that's bound to happen with two lead guards, right? But Donovan Mitchell, like he, he's taking everything up a notch. His scoring is so much more efficient this season. Um, he's been playmaking, especially when Darius Garland was out with various injuries. And the Cavs overall have been a very, very good team. I think better than what even a lot of people expected, including us. Um, and as I said, Donovan Mitchell is the is the leading factor in that regard. So I think it's a no-brainer for him to be on this starting lineup as well. Yeah, I mean, like again, like when even when the trade happened, just the on-paper fit, the potential of it all working out, uh, was scary just from from our standpoint. We were just like, "Yo, this is a this could be a low key really good move for the Cavs." And honestly, high key, it's been a really great move for the Cavs. Donovan, not only have they gotten the Donovan Mitchell, who we've all known has been you know a, a great playoff performer, uh, you know a good like a, a top scorer and all this type of stuff, but now again, he's taken his game to another level. He's evolved now to become a more efficient scorer, uh, a more high volume scorer. Uh, a better three-point shooter, a better defender, and that's all helped the Cavs really plug the issue, some of the issues they had last season, which prevented them from vaulting themselves into being a top five or top four team in the Eastern Conference. And this season, you're seeing the difference where now, not only have they got all the complementary pieces that they had from last season, now you got that one go-to guy in Donovan Mitchell. And he's been fantastic. I mean, the dude dropped 70-plus points. I mean, like, you got to put a lot of respect on that. And I think... In terms of East guards, there's no, I, there's no other guard besides maybe Kyrie Irving that you would put above him as a starter spot. So that's why I have no issues with Donovan Mitchell being a starter for the All-Star game this season. Uh, bringing us into the first forward spot. And again, just like we kind of mentioned for la- in last week's episode, the, there's sort of this one spot that's always going to be taken because this guy is literally an all-time great talent, and it's Kevin Durant. Uh, Kevin Durant, I mean, what more do, is there to say for the guy? The dude is averaging nearly 30 points per game, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, shooting 56% from the field, 38% from 3. And then, like I said, with Kyrie Irving, the Nets are the second best record in the league. We all know the story with Kevin Durant. The dude is a baller. The dude is literally going to be able to score 30 in his sleep. Um, can score in all three ways. He's still a very, very good defender. Um, again, Kevin Durant, honestly, man... If LeBron didn't exist, this guy literally could have been in a conversation for the best in the world at, at this moment. Yeah, man. It's it's a shame. Well, for him, I guess it was a shame that like LeBron was there because 
I think no doubt KD was second best for a long chunk there. Oh, yeah. Um, and again, even at 34 years old, he's still putting up an MVP-worthy campaign again. <laughs> um, and now the Brooklyn Nets are actually winning once again. So I think Kevin Durant, it's a no-brainer. Uh, it looks like him and LeBron are going to be captains once again. Um, are we going to get another meme? I don't, I don't know. know, man. It might be time to change the captain rules a little bit, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe until like LeBron retires, then we'll see maybe if they need to change the captain rules or not. Because I feel like once LeBron retires, maybe then you have some parity in terms of who know. the captains are from year to year. I feel like it'll be Steph. It'll yeah, be Steph but I mean, Luka. again, Steph is nearing the end at this point as well, too, right? Yeah, he, he's he's almost he's on the backside of his career as well. Yeah. But yeah, Kevin Durant, like no brainer once again. Um, the next forward we're going to talk about is Jason Tatum. Again, we talked about numerous times. He's the best player on the, or yeah, is the best player on the best team in the Eastern Conference. He's averaging 31 points a game, eight rebounds, shooting 47% from field, 35% from three. And he's also added one steal a game and almost one block a game as well. Jason Tatum, like I said, best player on the best team in the East. He's a two-way monster. And over the past two years, we've seen him develop into, you know, a pretty good score that we saw what he was in his first few seasons and to a bona fide, you know, all time great the way he's progressing. Um, he looks like he has that if factor now. He led his team to the NBA finals last season. So he's officially arrived and he's doing what he does now. Like it, it doesn't seem it's not a surprise anymore for him to put up a MVP worthy campaign anymore. Um, and for him. Now it's just about looking forward to the NBA playoffs, trying to win a championship. In terms of this All-Star game, I think nobody's going to not put him in the All-Star starting lineup. However, except for, you know, these last two spots, I think, except for KD in terms of the front court between Jason Tatum, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid, I think there might be, you know, varying choices over there. But I think for us, and for me in particular, I think Jason Tatum him being in the starting lineup is a no-brainer. I think for me, it comes down to Jason Tatum has been in the MVP conversation this year, like, basically since the beginning of the season. And the fact of the matter is, like, we'll, we'll touch upon what some of the other names we'll bring up uh, later on in the episode. But, like, again, he's putting up, you know, great, historic, historically great numbers. And that his team is really, really good after coming off of a, of a finals run where he didn't really perform that well, if we're being perfectly honest with you. It wasn't his greatest playoff performance in general uh, with all the turnovers and stuff. But now you can see the growth, you can see the progression, you can see the experience and how much that's helped him. Um, and again, despite all the drama with the Ime Odoka situation and all that stuff, the Celtics have been great. Jason Tatum has been great as well. So again, it makes perfect sense to put, it, put him in a starting forward spot for the All-Star game. Uh, bring us into the final forward spot. And like Zishan kind of touched upon, it was kind of between, uh, really, if we selected Tatum, it was between two guys. It was between Giannis Antetokounmpo and Joel Embiid. We're ending up going with Giannis Antetokounmpo just from the standpoint that his team is performing better. And Giannis is just a freak of nature. Like, And he's also been healthier. Yeah, Giannis has also been healthier. But, I mean, again, the numbers don't lie either. Not, Giannis is having 31 points a game, 12 rebounds, 5 assists, shooting 52% from the field, 24% from three, but... You know, Giannis isn't a shooter. Imagine Giannis gets the jump shot. I mean, it's game over at this point. I mean, the thing is, we've said that with a lot of players and it never ends up happening. But I think the closest thing you could do is become, like, for him to become like LeBron. Where LeBron's never been a particularly great shooter. But especially towards the back end of his career, he became a pretty good one. 
Yeah, like again, like if Giannis can take maybe three, three about shoot about maybe thirty three percent. That's on like three or four attempts. That's pretty good to be honest with yeah. you. Especially because the dude puts up a monster numbers without it, anyways. Uh but no, there's not much to say about Giannis. It's just he's a freak of nature. He's a dude that has literally been a model of consistency for the Bucks over the last I don't know five six years at this point, and. Yeah, he's gone to the stage we've talked about it maybe that's it, where it's just boring now to 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 talk about Giannis' stats because we know how great he actually is and uh it's hard to put it into words because you just gotta see the dude and be like, Yup, this dude is a freak of nature. I mean he's a perennial MVP slash DPOY candidate every single year. I mean he won both in the same year one time. Exactly, right? Um so I think for us putting Giannis in the the record had a lot to do with it, his consistency over Joel Embiid, I think. And, again, it's not really a knock on Joel Embiid, but Giannis is, from what we know, at least right now, likely the heir apparent, you know, that, that number one. A lot of people already have him as the number one guy in the NBA. I would probably agree with that. Um, but He's uh, yeah. up there. Like. He's up there, for sure. So, I think Giannis rounding out our starting lineup makes complete sense. Just to recap, our starting lineup for the Eastern Conference All-Stars were... At the two-guard spots, Kyrie Irving and Donovan Mitchell. And then at the three front court spots, Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Let's move on to the bench where it gets a lot more interesting. And I a think lot. a lot of the discussion happens when you talk about the bench. The starters are what the starters are. I think nobody really has a debate, much of a debate about the starters. Besides, obviously, maybe that final front court spot. But the bench is where it gets really interesting. Because you could plug a lot of players in a lot of different positions in this bench. And as we mentioned, there's going to be a lot of angry players, I think, in this Eastern Conference after the All-Star teams are announced because there's going to be a lot of players who felt that they got snubbed. I think, I mean, I don't blame them for that. They're all putting up great seasons. But again, there can only be seven bench players um, on an All-Star team. We had to really nitpick and really, like, we had to weigh things like, you know, like, even, like, efficiency and things like winning you know how much impact on winning are you a number one or number two option for some of our picks just to justify them because that's how close together some of these eastern conference guys are which is like you got to go down to down to the wire but yeah it was very difficult a very 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 interesting for the bench unit yeah man so starting off with our first guard off of the bench um we're gonna go with Tyrese Halliburton maybe a surprising choice for some people uh a no-brainer for other people but again there's varying opinions, right? He's averaging 20 points a game, 10, uh, 10 assists, shooting 48% from the field, 40% from three. He's also averaging damn near two steals a game. Tyrese Halliburton, this should be, I think, his first all-star game of his career. Now, like I said, other people are going to question it over some of the other bigger names that we're going to talk about. But if you look at his numbers purely, I mean, I know the scoring isn't you know as great as other players are, but he's not necessarily a scorer per se and that's not necessarily what his role is on the indiana pacers him coming onto the pacers the pacers have a nice young core they're now a top six seed in the eastern conference much of a surprise to everyone i think we had them as like a bottom three seed right so there goes our predictions i think, once I think again. we had them in the play-in <laughs> i think somewhere i think i don't know we had them somewhere on the bottom um but tyrese halburn has been the main proponent of that turnaround he's been really really good um and i think in terms of him being an all-star, first of all, the playmaking, averaging 10 assists per game. He's a very well-rounded offensive player. He's also a pretty good defensive player. And I think you just have to give him his respect considering nobody had the Indiana Pacers anywhere close to where they are right now. 
Um, and he should, I think, be their representative for the All-Star game. Uh, yeah, I really like Halliburton. I think, again, like I didn't really get to see much of him when he was with Sacramento. And now that you see him in Indiana, how he's able to fully unleash himself. The dude is a bona fide, like, he's a, he's a very, very good playmaker. Like, this dude, the type of passes he makes are, like, prime Chris Paul-esque in terms of, like, the creativity, the just, uh, the, the vision that he has. And he's so willing, he's willing to make the right play. And I think those are some of the things, the poise that really impressed me about him, uh, especially even as, like, his rookie season as well. So, yeah, I mean, the, and the fact that the Pacers have been doing so well, this, to the surprise of everybody, even the Indiana Pacers didn't expect them to be, be this good. Definitely not. Like they're they're a really good team and they deserve a representative. So why not give it to their best their best player, uh, in uh Tyrese Halliburton? So it makes perfect sense that he'd get the first uh, guard spot off the bench. The second guard spot uh, off the bench uh, for the All Star game, we're gonna give it to Jalen Brown. Uh, yeah, we talked about Jason Tatum being the best player on the best team in the Eastern Conference. Well, Jalen Brown's the second best player on the best team in the Eastern Conference, and you got to put some respect on it. I mean. The fact that Tatum is averaging 31, then you got Jalen Brown averaging 27 points a game, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, shooting 50% from the field and 33% from 3. Like, it's insane. The, 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 those two are such a good one-two punch. Uh, it, it really pisses me off being a Raptors fan. But you got to give them credit. Jalen Brown has been very impressive. He's not only a very, very good defender, but on top of that, again, he's really polished off his op- offensive game. I remember back when he signed his contract extension off of his rookie deal, how a lot, even us, we were... Yeah, we were questioning we, it. We were questioning the deal, but man, this dude has more than lived up to that deal. Um, and yeah, clearly he's just been a stud of a player. And the fact that the Celtics have such a great record, they've been so good since the beginning of the year, um, it's no-brainer that they deserve two representatives in the All-Star game, especially considering how good Jalen Brown has been. And it's funny, considering the fact that if you think back to last season at the halfway point of the season, we were all discussing how Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown should be broken up, right? So it's pretty funny now when you think about that discussion because they completely turned around everyone's, uh, you know, thoughts and perceptions of them. But yeah, Jalen Brown, like, I don't think... In terms of our bench, I think this is probably one of the clear-cut, um, you know, players on this bench. I don't think there's much of a discussion here. And he's been great, Um on both ends. Uh, in terms of our first forward on the bench, we're going to go with Jimmy Butler. Now, Jimmy Butler's had a bit of a down season. Again, injuries. The Miami Heat have not been that great. But to be fair, the Miami Heat are still somewhere in that conversation of they're a back playoff, above, uh, playoff seed. They're back above 500, like, which is what we couldn't say for them like a month a month ago. Yeah. So like They're still in the mix. And to be honest, Jimmy Butler's still been good enough, especially in his clutch moments. We see him, he's kind of just done the, a lot of the times the LeBron thing where you chill out for most of the game and then he takes over in the clutch. For That's basically been his MO for the past like few years. Um, but for him, he's averaging 22 points a game, uh, six and a half rebounds, five assists, shooting 51% from the field. He's not really a good three-point shooter, obviously. But he is playing some good defense still. He's uh, he's averaging two steals a game. I think this is more of a... I think this is when you get into the discussion of, like, does Jimmy Butler deserve this spot over other players? And I think some of it likely has to do with the name, right? Jimmy Butler's just uh, a perennial all-star at this point. But, again, like I said, when you watch him, you can see his impact on the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat have been kind of a mess overall, especially their bench. Um, with Tyler Hero starting a lot of the times or whatever, he, does he start? I think yeah, he I think be, he, he, st- he plays starters minutes. But 
aside from Tyler Hero, their bench is basically non-existent. Um, depending on if like a guy like Max Truce comes off the bench or not. Kyle Lowry is kind of nearing the end of his career. Gabe Vincent might be the next guy. But again, like we've seen, for example, like Dwayne Dedman, how much he struggled as the backup big. He got himself ejected by throwing a massage gun on the floor or whipping, like hitting a massage gun. Again, Miami has not been great overall. But what you can say in terms of the consistency, the one consistent player is, well, two you can say is probably Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler. So I think based on Jimmy Butler and the respect that you have to give him, um, and especially that teams still fear him down the stretch, especially, I think we still have to give him his respect and give him a start, uh, an all-star spot. I think with Jimmy Butler, it comes down for me. It comes down to two things. I think number one is the fact that his team has really turned it around as of lately. Where now they're back in, like I think they're they're in the eighth seed right now, uh, where they were like literally bottom of the East like like a month ago which is pretty insane how they've turned around their season. And Jimmy Butler has just been that model of consistency. And the second reason is just like, it's kind of because of the fact that the load that Jimmy Butler has to carry, where being that clutch go-to guy isn't easy. You saw with how Cleveland had to go get that that clutch, that crunch time guy uh, when Donovan Mitchell and how good they are. And that's what the Miami Heat have. If Jimmy Butler wasn't there, where would you put the Miami Heat? You know, And that's kind of where we had to, where we waited out to. And Jimmy Butler... And also benefit him that he's a forward. Yeah, I think in the East, like the forwards, kind of is a li- makes it a little bit easier. I think I think our choice to include him also has to do with the fact that we know what he is, especially in the playoffs. Like we've seen the story like for the past like four years, where the regular season Jimmy might not look great, Playoff right? Jimmy, something but else. we know exactly what he's gonna do in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, like we know what's gonna happen, right? So I think you just have to give him that respect in terms of maybe. Not necessarily for the regular season, but what we know he's going to do in the playoffs. If Well, if they make it there. Yeah, for sure. So Jimmy Butler definitely, in our opinion, deserves the first forward spot. And speaking of the second forward spot, and uh, we're going to be we're gonna be giving this one to uh, Pascal Siakam. Now, again, I know a lot of you are calling Homer pick, but hear me out. The Raptors have not been very good this season. And I'm just going to... That's gonna, an understatement. That is a very... It's, it's an understatement, but they haven't been good. But they could be a lot worse if they didn't have Pascal Siakam on the team. Not only is Pascal averaging 26 points per game, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, shooting 48% from the field, 35% from 3. Uh, I mean, again, and Pascal also missed games. Like, he also missed like, like at least like 8 games or something like that with an injury. And he's still putting up those type of numbers. Like He was All-NBA last season. He's, all, he's on track to be All-NBA this season. And honestly speaking, he's taking his game to a whole nother level. His touch has gotten so much better. His poise has gotten a lot. Uh, he's more assertive with what he's trying to do. I mean, his spin move is basically unguardable at this point. I mean, he can literally pull it off on anybody. His playmaking has been great. His playmaking has been when great. When people actually hit their shots, which is kind of rare at this point. But I mean, he's averaging a career high in assists, too. And he's also rebounding very well as as well. Bro, he can literally double his assist numbers if the Raptors weren't so bad at shooting the ball. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Check out our video, our episode on on what's wrong with the Raptors because that's going to be very enlightening as to why this team is absolutely garbage. But uh, speaking on Pascal, he's just been fantastic this season. And honestly, again, despite the Raptors' record, you got to give this guy respect. And I know he benefits a lot from being a forward, but the numbers don't lie. He's putting up all NBA type numbers, and he. I, I, I legit think if the Raptors didn't have them, they would literally be where Charlotte is right now. 
Probably. I mean, Pascal Siakam, I think he's in that same realm as Jalen Brown when we're having the all-star discussion with him. I don't think many pro- people are really going to have a problem with him being on this list. I think it's basically unanimous that he should be on this list. Um, but yeah, Pascal Siakam has been great and has probably been the only consistently bright spot for the Toronto Raptors. Speaking of another guy who should be unanimous, unanimously on everyone's all-star ballot... Um, it's Joel Embiid. Now, we didn't put him on the starting lineup, obviously, because the Eastern Conference front court is stacked. But Joel Embiid, definitely, if you if the, the starting lineup was able to be positionless, I think Joel Embiid would be on the starting lineup. He's averaging 36 points, uh, 34 points a game, 10 rebounds, shooting 54% from the field. Um, he's shooting 34% from three, so he's kind of down in terms of his outside shooting. But he's also av- uh, adding 1.1 steals and almost two blocks a game to, uh, to add to that. Joel Embiid has basically made himself similar to, I think, what other great players do at this point. It's Nobody really pays attention when he has those 40-point games. I think he's had instances of, like, multiple 40-point games in, like, uh, a two-, three-game stretch. Oh, yeah. And literally nobody remembers it because he's just consistently that great. Now, when it comes to playoffs... I still think he's really good in the playoffs. I think he gets screwed over sometimes by the lack of help he gets in the playoffs. Now, he also bears some culpability in that. But in terms of a regular season, I think it's a no-brainer. Joel Embiid is the second-best center in the in the NBA. And he definitely deserves a all-star nod this season. And it's a shame that he's not going to get a starting spot. But, I mean, that's kind of what comes with the territory. Yeah, I mean, again, like, Joel Embiid is one of, like, Probably one of the only other, no- besides the starters, the only other no-brainers that we had to put on this list was just because, again, like, if we can put six starters, we'd put six starters and Joel would be hit, be, be that guy. But it's it's tough. And I think, again, he only loses points from the standpoint that his team just hasn't been at the level that we expected them to be in. And personally, and for us, we thought the Sixers were going to be a top two, top three seed in the East, and they just haven't been that this season. Now, granted, injuries have kind of played a huge factor, but... I mean, they have not been as good. They've had some issues. Um, somehow, Doc Rivers is still there. But, you know. Listen, he'll choke another game seven, and <laughs> we'll, we'll be talking about the Doc, the Doc Rivers coaching search once again. But either way, Joel Embiid is a monster of a player. He's great on both ends of the floor. Honestly, there's not a ton of players who can guard Joel Embiid. And, again, if this dude ever gets any playoff success, we'll be talking about this guy in a whole different light for sure. But, uh, yeah, so those were the main spots of the of the All-Star team. Now, we we're going to get into the two wildcard spots. And this is where you can make a case for a lot of other guys. But uh, for us, the first wildcard spot, we're going to give this one to DeMar DeRozan. Um, DeMar has been averaging 26 points per game, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, shooting 51% from the field and 27% from 3. But DeMar is not really a 3-point shooter. But to be honest with you, DeMar has literally... He's, when he's, since he's come to Chicago, he's been consistently their be- one of their best guys, if not their best player. Has been the best player. Basically, he's been their best guy. Um, he's been able to lead the Bulls uh, to multiple wins that they probably shouldn't have won, won, to be honest with you. A lot of clutch shots, clutch moments. Again, DeMar in the playoffs isn't really hasn't been great. But if we're talking about regular season, this is probably one of the best DeMar DeRozan seasons I've seen him play in. And again, he played for the Raptors in multiple years. Uh, he's always one of those type of guys that grinds himself in the offseason, really tries to come back better. But you can you can kind of see it. And I know the Bulls are kind of in the same place the Raptors are. Also, check out our episode on that to see what's wrong with the Bulls. But 
the rap the Bulls are kind of in that spot where but again Demar has been so good and so consistently good that it's really hard to keep him off the All Star list in my opinion. So that's kind of where the rationale of why we have him up there. And again, I don't think people have an issue with Demar being on the All Star team per se. It's the issue of who he makes it over, right? Yeah. And we're gonna talk about that with. Because our final, I might as well say, our final uh, player on our Eastern Conference All-Star team, our final pick for the last wildcard spot is Jalen Brunson, which may surprise a lot of people. But when you talk about Jalen Brunson, when what he's done, he's averaging 22 a game, uh, six assists, shooting 47% from the field, 39% from three. Um, in terms of Jalen Brunson, man, like the Knicks are a top six seed in the East. They've done fairly well, especially during a couple of stretches where they've won. I think there was a stretch where they won eight straight eight, games. Until the I think, yeah, we, we beat them. Um, but when you look at the main reason why the Knicks have turned around their season uh, as compared to last season is mainly Jalen Brunson. He's basically been everything that the New York Knicks needed. And when you're talking about another guy that we'll talk about in a bit and Julius Randle, Julius Randle, I think, really benefits from having a point guard. We saw his all-star season when he played with Derrick Rose, right? Now Derrick Rose is a bit older, but they brought in Jalen Brunson, and we can see how much Julius Randle has flourished because of it. We can see a guy like Mitchell Robinson, how much he's flourished because of having, you know, a a pick-and-roll ball handler in Jalen Brunson. R.J. Barrett's been really a lot better as of late as well. Jalen Brunson's been everything that the New York Knicks have needed. Um, He's put up the points he's playmaked he, he's really filled the gaps for the New York Knicks and because of the fact that the Knicks are consistently winning or winning more than they are losing especially compared to the other guys that we have who didn't make the all-star team this is where the conversation of guys like Jalen Brunson DeMar DeRozan making it over their counterparts uh you know this is where the discussion happens because of the fact that with Jalen Brunson I think for us it's a matter of winning and him leading directly to those wins. And with DeMar DeRozan, it's about the fact that the guy is so good. And, I mean, his team is still it's his impact. relatively in the mix. Yeah, and it's his impact. Again, this is coming from your your, your resident Knicks hater right here. Um, I, I still proudly hold that label. Again, the downfall is coming. Just, just wait. Uh, but still... I really like Jalen Brunson. Even since from Dallas, I thought he was really good. I was never uh, opposed to him getting uh, getting the, his money and getting the contract and all that stuff. From the you know, I just was kind of like, why the Knicks? But you know, and the Knicks got fined for tampering. That was a whole other situation. That was hilarious, typical Knicks. But Jalen Brunson has been the the driving force, the catalyst as to why the Knicks are are actually relevant again. They're actually good because they actually have a guy who can basically run the show he kind of reminded me a lot of what Kyle Lowry did for the Raptors yeah really being that stabilizing force the good outside presence uh when you need him to make a tough bucket he's gonna make a tough bucket he'll get the ball to the guys in the right spots and like that's kind of what where I think he's at and and again there are other guards that we probably could have put into this put it into this spot but in terms of the fact that the Knicks are in a top six or top five seed in the Eastern Conference right now uh, in my opinion, they're going to drop, but we're just waiting for that downfall. But the fact that they're there, and if I had to pick a representative from the Knicks, I'm picking Jalen Brunson over Julius Randle just because I think Jalen Brunson's impact is more so than Julius Randle's. That's just kind of the way we see it. But again, this, this, these two spots are probably going to have the most debate 
uh, from everybody just because, again, you can make a lot of good cases for some of these players. But though, but that was our bench unit for the for the All Stars for the East All Stars. Just to recap, the two guard spots were going with Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brown. Uh, the three forward spots were going with Jimmy Butler, Pascal Siakam, and Joel Embiid. And our two wild card spots are going to be Demar Derozan and Jalen Brunson. Bringing us finally into uh, everyone's favorite, the notable snubs. Um, and there's a lot for the Eastern Conference. We actually had to trim this down. <laughs> You know, uh, first and foremost, and this is probably the biggest name that everyone's going to bring up, is uh, Trey Young. Um, now, Trey Young obviously is putting up some great numbers. I think he's averaging like 27 a game and like 9 assists or something like that. His numbers are pretty good. But the reason why we voted, elected not to put Trey Young in was for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, his team has not been very good. Despite making the move for DeJounte Murray, despite having the talent around him, the Hawks just haven't been a good team. Like, they're basically, like, the Hawks, Bulls, and Raptors are basically all in one one big group. And we already, we just spoke on the fact that the Raptors and Bulls aren't that great, so we can't really say the Hawks are any better. So the, so that's number one. And number two, that Trey Young is having his probably his least efficient shooting season of his career. So when you compare that to a guy like DeMar DeRozan, who's having one of his best career seasons, and he's he is the number one driving force as to how the Bulls are even getting any wins, that's the reason why we would put a guy like DeMar DeRozan over over Trey Young, and then Jalen Brunson, well, his team is doing better. So that's kind of the reason why we'd have to leave a guy like Trey Young off the list. And also, I also really just don't like Trey Young, and I think coaches really look at his defensive uh, uh, deficiencies, and that plays a factor in terms of if you're going to get a reserve spot. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the main reason why he usually doesn't get as much respect from the coaches. I think you touched on it, though. Like, Trey Young, in terms of the Atlanta Hawks, they haven't been a good team, and... I mean, they've been dis- dysfunctional. It's not even that they've been bad. They've been dysfunctional. And Nate McMillan was considering, like, stepping down or something? Okay, to be fair, man, like... <sighs> He's probably going to get fired, but still. <laughs> Again, to be fair, like, I don't understand why the Hawks front office thought Nate McMillan was the answer based off of one postseason. But listen, we called it. We called it. It's Listen, I don't have anything bad to say about Nate McMillan, but I don't have anything great to say about Nate, Mc- yeah, uh, Nate McMillan. He's like the mediocre. He's a definition of mediocre. Exactly. Coach, which um, is not great. And yeah, like Trey Young has not had the best season. Like, even though the stats are there, if you look at his efficiency, he's, he's not playing efficient basketball at all. And then you talk about how he can only play on one side of the court, which isn't completely isn't really his fault but it is what it is right? well here's another number with Trey Young not only is he shooting 31% from three which is kind of his calling card but again this guy literally gets nine free throw attempts per game so you take he's averaging 27 you take away those free throws which half of them he flops for let's be I'm, if I'm being perfectly honest with you he flops for half of his for hours I really hate watching him but you take those away the guy's only an 18 point per game scorer which is Pretty average, to be honest with you, in comparison to other guys on this list. So that's why Trey Young, in our opinion, is going to be a snub. Yeah, season. the next snub we're going to talk about is Darius Garland. Now, I think Darius Garland is just a victim of how good the NBA is, Yeah, right? The Cavs, I think, should deserve two reps from their team on the Eastern Conference All-Stars. But, He's you know, hard. unfortunately, they're the fourth seed. The only team that we could give two representatives for were the number one and number two seeds, which are... Um, the Boston Celtics and the Brooklyn Nets. And that's also because of the fact that th- those guys are just so good when you talk yeah. about KD, Kyrie, and Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Unfortunately, Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland are not at the same level of, you know, the, the two former duels that I mentioned. Darius Garland, like I said, he's been really good. Um, 
But unfortunately, when Donovan Mitchell comes in, he's had to take a step back, and that's impacted his stats, especially compared to last year. And so he's probably not going to make it on this all-star team, especially when you talk about a guy like Tyrese Albertan, who really ascended, and then a Jalen Brunson, who's, you know, in the biggest uh, media media center in the NBA. He's putting up all-star worthy campaign and really turning the team around. So I don't think, unfortunately, Darius Garland, I don't think he's going to make it. Uh, not necessarily that he doesn't deserve it, but uh, there's no spots. Yeah, I mean, it came down to the fact that, like, the Cavs, we gave them a representative in Donovan Mitchell, who is their best player uh, at this moment. And Darius Garland, again, there's not really many card spots to put into, and then we have to spread it out. He could honestly get a wild card spot, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, but, again, the coaches will probably also look at the fact that, hey, Mitchell is there. Do we want to give it to Garland over some of these other guys that are probably having uh, having better statistical seasons or better team success in certain areas. So, yeah, I think Darius Garland is one of those victim of circumstances situations. Um, bringing us into another another player that most likely won't, will most likely not get an all-star selection. It'll be Zach Levine. Now, Zach Levine, we kind of mentioned with DeMar DeRozan that the fact that DeMar DeRozan has just been the Bulls' best player Although, technically, Zach Levine was technically supposed to be their best player. Which is kind of where we're at with Zach Levine. The injuries are catching up to him. He's no longer as athletic as he was. And now he's turned it around as of late, to his credit. But, again, it's a little too late for this All-Stars, uh, this All-Star campaign. He was also hurt uh, again. And it just hasn't been a great year for Zach Levine. And hopefully he can still turn it around. But, you know, ultimately, it, it might just be one of the situations where those injuries played more of a factor on his career than we all anticipated it. Yeah, man, Zach Levine, I mean, he played himself into this conversation in the last, like, two, three weeks with how good he's been. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of too late for him to make it on the All-Star team, especially when you talk about the Bulls being uh, a 10th seed or, you know, a, a bottom 7 seed as they are currently. So, yeah, unfortunately, Zach Levine won't, probably won't make it. Uh, we touched upon Julius Randle, so I'm not going to really talk about him too much. But, I mean, he's there. Um, it's not like he doesn't deserve to make it. But I think if we had to pick one person from the New York Knicks, especially, um, you know, in relation to all the other guys who we put on the All-Star team, I yeah. think we have to give it to Jalen Brunson rather than Julius Randle. Julius Randle, no doubt, is having a compar- comparable season to when he did make the All-Star team. But we talked about it. It's just it's so much more of a deeper conference at this point. So I don't think Julius Randle... Um, He's just not as good as some of the other forwards in the, in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. That's just kind of what it comes down to. Uh, for me, and I mean, and again, I've always thought. Again, after his first All Star game, I was like, okay, he's pretty good. He's, he's okay. And then the, uh, last season, you saw him. He, you, he basically fell back down to earth. And this season, he brought it back up because of uh, Jalen Brunson. But you never know what you're gonna get from Julius Randle, which is always why I've, I'm always hesitant with this guy because sometimes he's good, sometimes he's not. Sometimes he can hit literally like score 20 points in the quarter, which he did against the Raptors. Of course. Of course. Uh, but other times, this dude is literally having like zero point second halves or something like that. Like, you never know what you're going to get out of Julius Randle. But, yeah, he's definitely going to be someone who might be a snub uh, in, this all, in this All-Star game. Another snub would be uh, Drew Holiday. Uh, again, similar situation to Darius Garland. There, you could make an argument that the Bucks, being the three seed in the Eastern Conference, should get two representatives. But when you're comparing Drew Holiday and some of the other guards that we're putting up Putting up there, it's really hard to give him that selection over guys like Jalen Brown, Tyrese Halliburton, and like you know even Demar. Then putting a better Demar and Jalen Brunson are putting up better statistical seasons than 
Drew Holiday. So it's just and the Bucks have their main representative. Giannis is their their engine, is their driving force. So yeah, it's it's tough to put Drew Holiday. I mean, credit to Drew Holiday he stepped up to be that number two player in Chris Milton's absence. But we've seen unfortunately Milwaukee Bucks over the past like while, like the month or whatever. They got blown up by Charlotte. They've been bad. They've been bad to say the least over the past month or so. And yeah, man, like there's there's not really any spots for Drew Holiday, unfortunately. Um, but he's been pretty good for the Milwaukee Bucks so far. And then the final notable snub we're going to talk about is James Harden. Um, James Harden, his stats have been down. The f- uh, the 76ers are not a top four seed in the East as of right now, at least. And so, unfortunately, the thing is, you know, like we think about James Harden, we think about per- perennial all-star, but it looks like this might be more of the norm of where James Harden is going to be from now on. Which is unfortunate because the Philadelphia 76ers really needed him to be a 25-point-per-game scorer. Um, I don't know if that's what he is anymore. He can do it on some nights, but unfortunately, this might be the range of where we see a James Harden from now on. And, you know, hopefully you have a guy like Tyrese Maxey who can take that next step forward if you're the 76ers. Yeah, and I think that's kind of why Harden scoring kind of dropped back, which is because he's letting Maxey take some of that load. And Tobias Harris, for, to his credit, has also, like, you know, been pretty good offensively. Well, he's got to be earning that $36 million somehow. <laughs> but, like, still, just James Harden has just kind of been... He hasn't been nearly as good as what the Sixers probably have hoped he would be, and also comparison to some of the other guards in the Eastern Conference. It's a very stacked... Uh, position like it kind of was in the West, <laughs> to be honest with you. But uh, yeah, so those were some of our notable snubs. Let us and those were our official Eastern Conference All Star picks. Let us know what you guys think, agree or disagree. Uh, let us know either in the comment section on YouTube or on social media. And finally, to end off this episode, we have a couple of you know news to bring up in the up and under segment. First and foremost, disappointing but pretty expected news: Are you up or under on? Otto Porter of the Raptors being out for the rest of the season after undergoing uh, foot surgery for his injured toe. I mean, obviously, I'm under, man. I mean, not just the injury, but, like, dude, he was he was our uh, our big free agent signing, you know. And, and he was good on the court with them when he played. Exactly. He looked good. On paper, he was a very good he's, – he's a very good fit. And I think on the court, he was a pretty good fit. But it's just – that's Otto Porter, man. <laughs> yeah, it's the trade-off with Otto Porter, That's exactly what Otto man. Porter is, man. And it's unfortunate because he literally injured his toe and then, bam, he's out. You know? Yeah. So, this is what it is, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he's only... I think I read something. He only played like, played like 146 minutes all season. Damn. <laughs> yeah. But he earned, he's only 6 mil for that. So, <laughs> credit yeah. to the guy. Uh, and then finally, are you up or under on the fact that LeBron James, um, when asked if, he's, if there was any active players that could possibly you know catch up to scoring record he named kevin durant as the first player that he thought of uh so you're under on kevin durant's possibilities of breaking that scoring record i'm up on it i think i think he can do it if if he plays as long as like lebron does you know which i don't know if he's gonna do personally speaking um kevin durant puts up the numbers he's definitely one of the best scorers that we've ever seen uh and again we, we kind of mentioned it earlier in the episode if lebron didn't exist i mean we'd kind of be crowning kevin durant at the best in the world which is uh sucks for kevin durant but again it's not really no shame to be number two when you're to, it's to lebron but yeah i i don't i think he could he could do it it's just depending on whether or not he, he lasts that long i mean to be honest i don't think it's gonna happen uh, like LeBron's Kevin Durant has already had the injury history already. 
Take it in. Like, LeBron's played 20 years of basically no injuries, except for, yeah. like, little injuries here and there, especially in his last couple of years. So I don't think KD's going to be able to do it. But, yeah, in terms of first guy you think of, it would probably be KD, just because of, you know, how good of a scorer he is. Yeah, I mean, I think he could do it. It's just, again, like, how long will he last? You know, he needs time to do it. So, because, like, the dude can average 30 easily. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, at this point, we'll first wait for LeBron to break the record first, and then yeah. we'll talk about the next guy to do it. But, uh, yeah, no, it's definitely an impressive one. But, yeah, with that, that concludes this week's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Definitely subscribe to the show on all the various platforms. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and, of course, on YouTube. Definitely subscribe so you don't miss more great episodes from us in the future. Like I mentioned earlier, the trade deadline, we're going to be talking about some potential trades that will be happening uh, in the coming episodes. Uh, we're also going to be talking, I mean, the buyout market's also going to be there. There's going to be a bunch of, like, you know, playoff previews. A lot more stuff to come as the season sort of winds down. So definitely stay tuned for that. Also, follow us on, on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Upletter and Under Podcast, Facebook.com slash Up and Under Podcast for all the latest updates whenever we post a new episode or a reaction to news as they occur. Definitely follow us there for all the updates. Also, check out our website, upandunderpodcast.com. It's our central hub for the show. It's a place where we write blog posts with every single episode. So if you don't have time to listen or watch the full episode, you can read about it on our website. So definitely check that out. Every one of our episodes is posted. The audio, video, and the written versions are all in one place for you. So definitely check that out if you haven't done so. And yeah, man, like I said, I think for me, most exciting thing is the trade deadline coming up soon. The All-Star teams will be announced. I believe within a week or two after this episode, hopefully uh, within the next couple of weeks or so. So definitely stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, man, exciting times coming up for the NBA. But uh, with that, that concludes this week's episode. See you all in the next one. Take it easy. Easy.